Welcome back to Self Made, aka Sick Made today, because I think I have a cold and I might sound a bit croakier than usual. So yeah, I'm your host, Jason Cleans. You may know me from Instagram or TikTok. This is the second episode in our series. We're going to be doing one of these every week, and I plan to do this every week of the rest of my life. So today we're going to be talking about marketing, how to get customers for your cleaning business, or how to get customers if you're just starting out. So I want to keep it really simple. I like to keep everything in threes when I'm talking about stuff. So with my marketing, I always say that there is a marketing triangle you need to follow, and that is the media, that's the message, and the market, the three M's or the triangle, whatever you want to call it. There's also three stages of marketing in a cleaning business. There is the start phase, which is when you've just started your business and you're grinding, getting those first couple of clients. There's also the grow phase, which is what comes next once you've already got some clients on the books and you start to get your money working for you. And then there's the scale phase. That's where you've got a lot of cash flow coming in and you've got a lot of expendable income to put towards new marketing. So, and the three M's of marketing are really important because if you miss on one of them, then it's not going to work at all. And to give you an example of this, I talked about it a little bit in the last episode, but when I started my business, I was doing letterbox drops initially. I had a really good medium, which was obviously letterbox drops. It's um, a very unsaturated space as opposed to Facebook ads, which is where everyone's advertising these days. So really good media slash medium. I had a good market. I knew exactly who I was going after. I was going after dual income households, like family homes. Maybe they got a bunch of kids, young kids, um, that sort of thing. And I just didn't have a good message. The message was not resonating with my market. And so it took me a while to realize this because I wasn't as savvy as I am now, but I kind of went back, reevaluated what I was doing, and I realized that, yeah, the message was off for the market I'm trying to send it to. And so I kind of just drew up like an avatar of the person I wanted to speak to. So I was like, okay, my market is dual income households. It's usually going to be the female in the house making the decision because let's face it, they always make the decision on cleaning. Husbands don't give <laughs> give two uh, whatever's about it. So I drew like a little f- fictional character, if you will, and it was just this uh, 30 to 40-year-old lady. I gave her a fake name and listed some characteristics about her and some attributes, and I just thought, how would I speak to this person if I was face-to-face with them? I thought about what their concerns were, what they were looking for in a cleaner. Uh, If they'd had a cleaner before, what might they not be happy with? If they have kids, how does that affect the cleaning process and the coating process? And once I started asking these questions, I was able to answer them. And once I was able to answer the questions, I could put these into the marketing in bullet points, in features, in benefits. And I was able to create really good copy, which is copywriting is like the text that you see in ads. So, Any advertisement has copy, and this is the message that is in your ad. So I had really good copy based on all of this information that I had just created out of thin air by creating an avatar. So first thing you want to do is figure out who your market is, and you can do this by looking at what other people are doing, looking at who they're marketing to, also just using a bit of common sense, like who wants cleaning, you know? It's going to be people who are busy, working professionals, you know, people in dual income households, like I said, because they don't have time to do it. It could be retirees that you're going after. It could be people who 
are sort of in that last stage of their life who don't want to do the cleaning anymore or physically can't. It could be that you're going after NDIS clients, people who physically can't do the work anymore or, you know, whatever. Whatever it may be, just think about who you're going after and create a little profile for them. Give them a fake name, give them a fake face and just list all the traits and the characteristics about them. Talk about questions they may have, answer those questions, figure out what their pain points are, what your selling propositions could be to these people. And this will help you immensely in your advertising because once you have a really solid idea of who you want to talk to, it becomes so much easier to be able to sell to them. So that's step number one is just get the right market and figure that out. Step number two obviously would be to craft a message because you want to get that message to market match. And a lot of the message will come from the avatar that you created. Once you've visualized who you want to sell to, you can then create the ad copy that's going to go out to this person. You also want to go a step further, do some market research, look at what other people are doing. It's always good if you're going into a new market to look at what other people are doing who are already succeeding and you can sort of model what they're succeeding with and not really steal things, but kind of take ideas and then make them your own. So you always want to start your ads with a headline. I always see people advertising and the very first thing that you see on the ad is their logo or their business name. That's the first thing people read. They don't want to see the logo. They want to see something that's going to drag them into the ad and captivate them. So instead of saying ABC cleaning services at the top, your headline should be, who else wants a meticulously clean home? Who else needs a house cleaner? Who else doesn't have time to clean the house? Something like that. It's going to reel them in and be like, oh, I want a clean house. That's me. This is, I'm the person that this ad is speaking to. So the first thing should be a headline. If you go and look at any of my ads, it always starts with an attention-grabbing headline like that. Then you want to go into sort of a subheading, or the subheading can be before the headline as well. And the subheading should be calling out who you're speaking to. So, for example, a lot of my ads say, attention, Bunbury locals. Bunbury is the city I live in. Attention, Bunbury locals. And then the headline might be, who else wants a clean house, for example? Who else needs a cleaner? So that identifies who I'm speaking to. And then it gives a headline that invokes curiosity, it speaks to a pain point, it speaks to a desire, and it drags them into the ad. And now you've got their attention and you can craft a message that is going to sell to them. And I want you to think about it like this. Advertising is just salesmanship in print. Every sales scenario in the real world can be copied right onto paper. So if you go to a used car dealership and that guy is selling to you, he's What's he doing? He's telling you all the features and the benefits of a car. He's asking you what your concerns are and then adhering to those and answering those. And if you just translate that onto a page, it works the same way. It's just there's no two-way dialogue. So the work, uh, the way around that is you want to answer the questions before they ever have to ask them. Because if someone reads your ad and they have unanswered questions, even after reading all of it, then you've lost a sale. You haven't done your job as a salesman or a saleswoman. So salesmanship in print, you want to make sure you have all the questions mapped out already before anyone can even get a chance to ask because if someone has a question, you can't answer them. That's a very important part. So what are some questions that people may have when looking for a cleaner? They might be thinking, does this person have a police clearance? Are you insured? Do you use eco-friendly products? Do you use pet safe products? Are your products 
are going to be okay around my newborn baby who's crawling all over the floor? Do you train your cleaners? Or if you're a sole operator, um, you know, are you trustworthy? Do you have experience? Do you have references? What sort of clean do you offer? These are all questions that you need to proactively put into your advertising and then put the benefit or the feature or the answer or the reason why that you are the uh, best option for the job. So again, going back to some of my ads, I always have features and benefits. And I say that features tell and benefits sell. So a feature is like an we use eco-friendly products. That's a feature of your business. But what's the benefit of that? You can always flip a feature into a benefit. We use eco-friendly products can become, we use eco-friendly products so, or therefore, uh, it's good for your young kids or it's great for your pets. You could also go, uh, we are all police cleared. We have the right insurances. That's a feature. But if you flip that into a benefit, you go, we are insured, so you're always covered no matter what. That gives the customer a sense of security and reassurance. And even though it's a given, you might think, well, obviously, if I say I'm insured, people are going to assume that or think that they are covered and they're secure. But you should never assume in sales. You always want to state the obvious as obvious as it may sound. So turning a feature into a benefit on the page can uh, produce much greater ROI than if you kind of just leave it at that and leave it a bit ambiguous, if you if that sort of makes sense. So I always try to flip a feature into a benefit. You always want to list everything that is good about your business, but you need to remember that you're talking to someone. You don't want to be talking about yourself as much. You want to be telling that person why everything about your business is good for them. That's why you should always try to turn features into benefits and talk about you. Talk about what's in it for the customer. You don't want to say, we've been around for 20 years. We've been around for five years. We're the best in the business. The customer's going to look at that and think, well, everyone says that. So why should I book with you? So turn I and we statements into you and yours, things like that. That's one really good way to stand out from competitors because a lot of people in this space just aren't very good at advertising. That's just, that's just the truth. Cleaners don't go into the cleaning business because they're good marketers. They go into it because usually it's the only thing they can turn to. So if you just learn these basic concepts and apply them to your marketing, you're going to be better than 95% of the other people in the game. So we've covered the message and the market. Uh, also, one thing I forgot to add, in the message, you always want to have a call to action. This is like the most important part and I almost forgot about it. Always have a call to action, a CTA. That could be book now, schedule a call with us, schedule a quote, click the link, anything. It just needs to be something that is calling the customer to make an action, to do something. You don't just want to put an advertisement out there that says, we are XYZ Cleaning Company. This is what we do. This is who we are. And then leave it at that. Customers need to be told what to do. You can't just assume that someone is going to see your ad, Google you, click on your website, figure out where to go to book and take themselves through that whole process. You need to walk people through that process from the very first step. So always have a call to action. If you want to make your marketing as simple as possible, just have headline, subheadline, body text, which is like your bullet points, your features, benefits, talks about, uh, it speaks to their desires and their pain points, and then have the call to action. You could also add elements of scarcity and urgency. So a little example for this is uh, book now. 
there's the call to action. And then the scarcity is only three slots remain. And if you want to add urgency as well, only three slots remain. These will be gone by tomorrow. So what have we done? We've created a, a call to action, a CTA. We've added urgency to that call to action. And we've also added scarcity. So the customer is going to be much more likely to book now rather than sitting on the fence and potentially just forgetting about it. Because if someone doesn't act on an ad now and they don't see one of your ads again in the very near future, nine times out of 10, they're going to forget about you like the next day. As soon as they put down that ad or they scroll past it on social media, they've pretty much forgotten about you already. So you always want to catch people's attention, uh, reel them in with compelling ad copy and then take them off that ad with a call to action and into an action like booking, calling you, sending a message or an email or whatever. So yeah, that's the message and the market. Now we want to talk about the media or the medium. The media can be anything. It can be just what you're advertising on or with. So Facebook ads, Google ads, Facebook groups can be yellow pages, white pages, door hangers, letterbox drops, anything that can carry your message to a market is a media. When you first start, it's it's good to try things that are cheap or free. So when I started my business, I was doing a lot of Facebook group posting. This is really good because reposting your ads in Facebook groups is completely free. It doesn't cost you anything at all except time. It is a bit more of a grind because you're manually doing this stuff. So the way I was doing it was I would create an ad and put it on my Facebook business page. And then I would just share that to all of my local like buy and sell groups, community notice board. Um, what else are there? Just like any any group that is in your local area. It doesn't really matter what the premise of the group is. As long as there's people in your area that are in those groups, you want to be putting posts in there. And because it's free, just go in all of them. I see people that are like, what if the rules say I can't post in there? Or uh, this is like a community notice board group. Should I be putting my ads in there? It says no advertising. I say just do it. If they're, if they're not happy with you advertising in there, they'll just give you a warning and then you go, okay, well, I can't do in that group anymore. So I'll just go to my other 20. And I was doing that in the beginning. It worked really well. It, I still use it today in my business. I have VAs that repost uh, the ads for me and it generates us hundreds of thousands of dollars in business. You won't get many really lucrative business deals from it or accounts like commercial sites and industrial cleans. But Facebook is really good for getting residential leads. And that's why you also need to understand what market is on the different medias. So when you've created your customer profile or your ideal customer that you would love to have in your business, you also need to think about what medium they're using. So if you're going after retirees, they're probably looking at the newspaper more than Facebook. And if you're going after someone who's 30 or 40, they're probably on Facebook more than they're reading the paper. So just think about who your or what your market is using to look at ads and in their day-to-day -day, day -day life, what they're using to look at the news, connect with people, or just what they're most likely to be using on a day-to-day -day basis. So yeah, that's what the medias are. When you start, I definitely recommend doing things that are free because it gives you the ability to test things. You can have an idea, create it, put it out to market within a couple of minutes. You can create an ad on Canva, put it in Facebook, and then start posting it in groups just like that. Whereas if you do paid Facebook ads, it can take a couple of days and it costs a bit of money to actually see if anything comes of it. 
So try to think of ways that you can do stuff for free. It doesn't matter if you don't get any business from it because it hasn't cost you anything. And if anything, even if you don't get business from it, it's still bringing you value in the form of experience and um, feedback. Feedback is really important early on. So if you put an ad out there and you get nothing from it, then you've got some work to do. If you put an ad out there, it gets some likes, but you get no business, then you can think, okay, people are reading this, they're seeing it, but they're not booking. Why? Then you can kind of go into like the, uh, you can go into like the troubleshooting. You can kind of tweak the ads bit by bit, have a think about why they're not working, and then restructure them based on that feedback. When you get to sort of the growth phase, which is after you've done all that free advertising and gotten the ball rolling, you can start to reinvest some of that money into paid ads like Facebook and Google ads. This uh, this form of advertising always does take a bit longer. I see a lot of people, especially people who come to me actually, and they ask me if I can run ads for them. A lot of people think that you just spend $50 and you start getting business like straight away. It really doesn't work like that. It's a slow burn, even with paid ads. It might take you a couple of days, even weeks to see real results from doing these ads. And you can spend a lot of money before you really see anything as well. So definitely try to do free advertising in the beginning. And you always want to keep the free advertising as well because it is free and you always want to diversify as much as possible. So today, like we're almost doing a million dollars a year. We're still doing free advertising. We're also doing paid advertising as well. So yeah, when you've when you've kind of gotten to that phase where you've got customers, you've got money that you can reinvest back into ads, that's when you start playing around with paid ads. There's plenty of courses out there that can help you master that. That could be like a whole other podcast episode. I could do a whole masterclass on paid Facebook and Google ads, but we won't really get into that here. So then that brings you to the scale phase. That's when you've got a great business, you've got staff, you've got systems, and you want to kind of strategize. Like, what do you want to do with the business? Do you want to step back? Do you want to employ a manager? Do you just want to keep growing? Do you want to franchise? When you get to this point, or if you're even thinking about getting to this point, you need systems for advertising. You can't just keep doing what you did in the start and the growth phase. You really need to have proper systems that you can turn on and off to get customers. And so that's even something that we're dealing with right now is we're creating systems that are completely foolproof in terms of like we can turn something on and we know it's going to get us X amount of customers in the next X amount of days or weeks. And the way you do this is use softwares. So we use Zapier, we use Typeform, we use Google Sheets a lot. Um, we have a lot of analytical data, a lot of feedback that we use from past ads just to put into new ads and figure out how they work. And we've also got some agency ad accounts that we're setting up and we're going to start doing paid ads. We're going to get, uh, I'm not going to start doing paid ads, but we're going to start getting a team to run paid ads. So the, the difference between growth and scale is really just automation and systemization because when you're in that growth phase, you're still doing a lot of stuff by yourself. You're still figuring things out. But by the time you get to the scale phase, you've taken everything you've learned from the start and the growth and you're now just kind of putting it into an on-off system and it's going to be completely streamlined. You'll be able to get anyone to do it and it's going to be 100% predictable. If you run an ad, you'll be able to know how much business it's going to come from it and you'll know how much it's going to cost you to get customers and all that other stuff. You'll know all the metrics by that point. So it's really important to learn these things early on. 
try to get an idea of how much money you need to spend to get a customer because that will give you all the information information sorry that you need to know in order to scale so in our business it costs us about $40 to get a customer and depending on the way you think that might seem like a lot of money $40 just to get one customer um, but let's look at lifetime value here how much is one cleaning customer worth to us over three years well if they're paying us 120 uh, yeah 100 we'll just say hundred dollars a week in cleaning it's actually a lot more than that but I can't do math so I want to keep it simple a hundred dollars a week 50 weeks a year that's every week that's fifty thousand no, sorry that's not 50. I said I was bad at math that's five thousand dollars so over three years that customer is paying us over fifteen thousand dollars. And it's cost us how much to get that? That's right, $40. So learning your metrics early on, figuring out how much it costs you to get customers, how much it costs you to put the ads up and get impressions and all that stuff makes it easy for you to scale. Because if you know it costs you $50 to get a customer, then you know it's going to cost you $500 to get 10. And you know that 10 customers will bring you X amount of revenue. And then you've basically got your whole business right there. If you want to make $100,000, you just get X amount of customers by running X amount of ads on X amount of different platforms. And it can get very technical. And honestly, I'm not that great with the technical side of things. I'm bad at math. I'm bad with the analytics. But if I can do it, pretty much anyone can as far as I'm uh, concerned. So just make sure you never become stagnant with your marketing. It's very easy to get to a point where you feel comfortable with the clientele you've got, but I guarantee you if you stop marketing, things are going to go haywire. You're going to lose customers. You're going to lose your touch and you're going to kind of lose sight of how to keep growing. So you should always be in a position where you're overstaffed and uh, you've got too many leads to source, too many leads to uh, handle. It's always it's always a better scenario than being understaffed and not having enough leads coming in. It's also very easy to become discouraged when you're advertising in the beginning. Um, a funny story that I've told before on my TikTok was in the beginning when I was advertising, this was during COVID and I had an advertisement that said, oh, I can't remember what it said exactly. I think it was like a, a $27 COVID clean. Like we would come into your house and disinfect all the services and stuff like that. And it was an outrageously low offer. And that was just because I wanted to get in the door and, and do some cleans. And I ran these flyers in people's mailboxes for like a day. And then the next day I hop on my computer and I've got like three emails from people asking me if these ads were mine. And then one of the emails said I had been posted in a crime watch group. And I was like, what the hell is going on? So I went over to this crime watch group on Facebook and sure enough, there was my ad. And guess what that was saying? That was saying that I had done such a low priced house cleaning offer because I wanted to go into people's houses and steal. And I was like, oh my God. Like it makes sense. If you think about it from the customer's point of view, it does seem very fishy to advertise such a low price. And these are the things that you need to think of when you're doing your advertising is like how people are going to perceive the ads. So very quickly, um, I changed up the advertising right then and there. I can't. I came clean about it. I was like, yeah, that's me. Sorry, I'm just a young guy trying to start my business. A lot of people were upset. A lot of people hated that I was, quote unquote, trying to take advantage of COVID and the, the times that we were in. That was definitely not my intention. I was just trying to get my business going. But your advertising is going to offend some people if you're doing it right. And if you get criticism, don't get discouraged because that's just a sign that you're, you're doing well. 
when when you're doing really well with something, you're going to have people who love it and there's going to be a lot of people who hate it. Just look at all the successful people in the world. Look at people like Donald Trump. This is a really extreme example, but he's got people on both sides of the fence. They either love him to death or they hate his guts. It's going to be very similar when you market properly, when you move away from we are XYZ cleaning company, we do this, we've been around for this long, to real intent-based advertising with headlines, proper copy, and real messages. You're going to move away from the basic marketing to the real marketing. You're going to attract people that love it, and there's also going to be people who hate it, and they're going to think that you're you know, an entrepreneurial shark, or you seem like very kind of, you know, that sort of salesy type because like I said, it is salesmanship in print. So some people can get rubbed the wrong way by it. But just remember, people who get offended by your marketing or people who don't like your marketing aren't the people that you want to be marketing to anyway. People who are going to give you harsh feedback and criticism are the people that were never going to be your customers in the first place. The people who you actually want to see this ad, resonate with it and book with you, those are the people that you want to appease. So just remember that it's very easy to get down on yourself in the beginning because it is hard. You're figuring things out, but just push through those first couple of months. And once you're past that, if you're already past that now, think about the next steps. Think about how you can grow and scale and create on-off taps that you can just turn on whenever you need customers. And think about ways you can streamline and just systemize everything because once you have a fully systemized business, it makes it easy to sell makes it easy to run and it's going to make your life a lot easier because it's going to open up so many more avenues in your business and personal life. It's going to give you lots of opportunities and options, which is what it's all about. So that's kind of my two cents on marketing. Um, I hope this helped you in some sort of way. I know it got kind of abstract and a little bit uh, hard to follow at some points, but yeah, just remember those things, the the three M's of marketing or the marketing triangle, the message, the market, the media. When you know those things, it's impossible to fail. So yeah, thanks for listening to another episode of Self Made. We'll be back next week talking about something else. I'm not sure what it's going to be. I'll probably get into hiring because that seems like the next logical step in this process. And then, I don't know, might do some story times or something. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So yeah, thanks for watching another episode of Self Made. If you want to find me on social medias, Jason Cleans on Instagram and TikTok, or you can search self-made on YouTube or Instagram. You'll find me there as well. Send in your questions. I'll try to answer them. And I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Have a good one.